Hey there, brick and mortar business owners. How are you? I am super excited to introduce you to our speaker today or our guest expert. Joanna Sapir is a business coach that specializes with health and wellness providers. And we talk a lot about marketing, of course, but also the importance of creating a business that is not session-based, but more program-based, which was my big aha. So I'm really excited for you guys to listen and learn from her. She also has some really good nuggets about how much time it actually takes to run a business and how much time of it should be forward-facing client work and how much back-end office work. And you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. So I'm super excited for you guys to learn from her and hear her wisdom. Everything is linked below, so please check her out. She's got a free opt-in for us to watch a workshop, which I'm going to take advantage of myself. So without further ado, I introduce you to the lovely Joanna Sapir. You've put your blood, sweat, and tears into creating a storefront that lights you up, serves your clients well, and contributes significantly to the community you love. You are my hero, and I affectionately call you a rebel woman. Hey there, my name is Melissa Rose, a brick and mortar business owner with a handful of kiddos and a few passion projects that I head up like this one. I'm also your visibility coach and consultant for a service-based business like yours. I'm passionate about helping small business owners thrive in their community and become the only option in town for their industry. In this podcast, we're going to share the nitty gritty of running a successful brick and mortar business by sharing stories, talking strategies, and learning practical tips to run a kick-ass business. Ready to be inspired, empowered, and equipped to create the small business of your dreams? Let's get real. All right, everybody. We have the beautiful Joanna Sapir here. Thank you for coming on to the Brick and Mortar Visibility Podcast. I'm so excited to be here, Melissa, and to yes. talk to you about brick and mortar business. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Tell, first of all, tell everybody where you're coming in from. I live in Sonoma County, California. I think I'm really lucky. Do you like wine? It's funny. I'm not a wine person, no. But I mean, if, you know, it's all around here. But Yes. Um, you know, we have other beautiful, you know, we have the beach and yeah. Just, just gorgeous here. It is beautiful. What's the weather like right now? It's actually overcast and not so nice, but you know, that's, that's well, not what's not so nice because right now we're overcast as well and we're about 60 degrees. Yeah, it's fairly warm. It's like it's in the 60s, I'd say, right now. It's a little okay. bit kind of, kind of muggy. It's yeah. been unusual weather as we transition here in the seasons. <laughs> <laughs> um, we both have curly hair, so my hair is. Um, frizzy and not its best today because of the mugginess as well. So um, if you guys watch this on YouTube, you'll see that. Um, okay. So Joanna, uh, okay. Did you just a little bit about Sonoma? Cause it's just beautiful. Um, have you, how long have you lived there or, or did you end up moving there or tell me about that? I moved here 16 years ago. So I'm from um, Berkeley, Oakland area, which is, you know, just a little bit South of us on the Bay. And I moved okay. up here really specifically to kind of be out in the country. It's an agricultural County. It's very rural. And that's what I was looking for. So I've been here 16 years now and I moved here. My kids were two and five. So they pretty much grew up here. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Okay, so what it before we dive into all the fun stuff that you're going to share with us, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be an orchestra conductor. Oh, I love that. So music was was a big thing for you. Yeah, I still play music, yeah. What like what do you play? What do you do? I play piano, I play classical piano. Um, oh that's God. what my parents started me on when I yeah. decided I wanted to be an orchestra conductor. That was kind of, you know, a primary instrument to do. I yeah. played other instruments too, but that that's the main one that that's what I play now. Yeah. And you still play? You still get to do that? I do, yeah. Good, 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 good. Yeah. Well, as an arts girl, like 
dance and piano were a big part of my life and still are. So I love it. I love it. We had um, a CFO person come on and she was, she was an opera singer. She, that's what I she was going to go to. So it's just so fun. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, I love that. I just love it when we have that arts background. Yeah. And I, it's important. I tell my students, like, especially my older ones, they've been in it. You've been in it for years and years. Now it's part of you. Like no matter what you have to, it's part of who you are. So you have to find something to keep that going, you know, take a class here and there or be part of it some way, somehow. So, all right. Okay. So Sonoma, um, tell me, um, because everybody, I, I wanted to have her on because she did have a brick and mortar business and now she is a business coach. So tell us your story and how you got to where you are. Yeah. I mean, I'll try to do it, you know, briefly. Cause yeah, for two seconds here. Talk, talk <laughs> <for 20 minutes. laughs> So I was actually a high school history teacher for 10 years. That's That was my initial career and calling, and I loved it. And when I moved up here to Sonoma County, I, I had been doing a, like a certain style of fitness training, strength and conditioning. And uh, when I moved up here, there was no place for me to do the kind of training I wanted to do. I was like, well, this needs to exist. I want a place to do this, and other people need this. It changed my life. I want this. And so... I opened a a gym. I opened a strength and conditioning gym with absolutely no background in business whatsoever, (laughs) with no business plan, with not a clue. It kind of took off. I mean, I was struggling in terms of time and understanding how to run it, but it started making money right away. People were showing up. And so I had to, you know, learn boots on the ground, like, how do I run this business? I actually hit burnout really, really fast um, because it was just me. And it was like, I need to figure out how to make this sustainable. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. there's just no point in this. You know, I had like more than a full-time job when it was just, you know, just me running the thing. So I figured that out. So I spent years, you know, really, really figuring it out. Pretty early on, I knew that it was not, I just wanted it to exist. Like it didn't have to be me. You know, I just wanted this to exist in the way that I thought it should be Mm. teaching people and running. So that gave me a pretty clear vision that I would want to leave it at some point, but I wanted it to exist without me. So that's what I said about building is, okay, how do I build a business that can run without me and can be sold or passed on to somebody in some way? And so that's what I did. (laughs) And then uh, I knew in the long run that I would probably come back to teaching in some aspect. And that is what I've returned to. It's just not classroom teaching. I teach wellness practitioners how to you know, build the structures and systems they need to make their businesses more sustainable and more profitable and, you know, uh, provide for them what they want and need, not just, uh, you know, not just have a job. And so that's what I do now. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. And I love what you said about it needed to exist, like how you saw that you wanted it to exist because you wanted it, like you didn't need to keep it, like you wanted to have it exist for you. And I'm like, ooh, that's that's good. That's really good because I think a lot of us do start a business because we see a need, um, and then we get into the need, into the weeds of it a bit and realize it's more than all that. So, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the avoiding burnout. Uh, so, if you go onto Joanna's website, she's got some great blog posts there, and one of them is a three step process for avoiding burnout and attracting long term clients. So, 
um, not that we need to go into everything, but um, you mentioned burnout right there as you were describing your situation. So what was burnout and what did that look like for you? For me, it uh, looked the same way that I discover in other wellness practitioners, which is like a health crisis. You know, here we are supposed to be helping other people with their health and wellness. And then suddenly we have some kind of big health scare I mean, I've had folks in my world with, you know, cancer scares or or even, you know, diagnosed with cancer. For me, um, I just was like got terribly sick one day with strange symptoms that kind of freaked me out. And I called a friend. It was like, what's going on? And she's like, let's take you to the emergency room, which was significant because she was an Ayurvedic practitioner who would not usually go to like a regular Mm -hmm. doctor. But she's like, I don't know what's going on. And I end up in the emergency room. They saw me. They're like running all these tests and couldn't figure anything out. And it just like hit me like two hours into being there when they, you know, they're asking me all these questions. Have you been to foreign countries recently? They're like trying to figure out tropical disease. And it just, it just hit me. I was like, oh my goodness, this is a manifestation of stress. That's what this is, is Mm -hmm. like, I can't keep going on like this. So that's one symptom is health scare. And then, and then we see in others is like this kind of desire or this, these feelings of like, I think I just want to quit my job and work at a bookstore. I think I just want to like <laughs> sh- shut it all down and like go somewhere, you know, like I I don't think I can do That's this. It's like thing. weekly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause there are a lot of parts of the business that like don't, don't fuel us. I was just listening to a podcast this week where she said that she goes, there's a lot of parts of my business that I don't like. And many days I just go, I want to be a hostess. But, um, but then you have these life, life changing moments with, with clients or whatever. Um, interesting. You had a health scare. Um, it was about three, almost three years ago now, two years, let's say two. Um, I broke it, broke out in hives and, um, I broke out in hives all over my body, big welts that itched like crazy. And it lasted for six weeks. I thought I was taking care of myself, but I remember we were on spring break and thankfully my business coincides with the school. So I was off and my kids were gone with their dad and I sat on that couch all week working at my laptop, but just not feeling rested at all. And I got back to the week of teaching and that's when the hive started. Like they coincidentally started like on the Friday of that spring break and it just for six weeks. And and then some of my friends in the health and wellness, they were like, you are, you're your body's telling you you're, you're exhausted. Your adrenals are shot. You need to just, yeah. that was a, that was a eye opener. I'm like, okay, I thought I was doing good, but clearly I'm not. And yeah, the stress of running a business, y'all, it's a big deal. A big deal. Okay. So let's talk about it. How can we do it? How can we, how can we help each other? You mean, uh, avoid that? Scenario? Yeah. How do you, how do we avoid no. it? So <laughs> one, two, three, here we go, Miss Joanna. <laughs> um, I mean, in the case of, you know, it's always case by case, but really to me, the big picture is restructuring your business so that you are being nourished by it. It is providing for you and that you are not being drained. So it can, there can be simple pieces of that in terms of like, let's say your schedule. So what a lot of wellness practitioners will do is not have any clear schedule for, they might have say they have business hours, but the fact is, is that when a prospective client or an existing client, you know, calls or emails or texts and is like, I, I need to be seen. Oh my goodness. You know, maybe my back is in spasms or whatever it is. The practitioner will squeeze them in mm-hmm. you know what I mean? and we'll put them in places where it's like, 
you know, that was supposed to be dinner time with the family. That was, you know, that was supposed to be self-care time, whatever. Mm -hmm. That's a weekend, not even business hours. And so they don't hold to their own business hours. So there can be things that are as simple. I say simple, but as determining ahead of time, what exactly are my business hours? And even within that, what are my client facing hours? Like breaking down your whole schedule to what are my client facing hours And then what are the rest of the hours in my business and what am I doing there? And a lot of practitioners get into business and have never thought about any of that. To them, it's like, you know, a lot of us are running our businesses where we think the whole business is, the whole business is us serving clients. And we're just squeezing all the rest of the stuff, running the business in between like sessions as we Mm -hmm. can. Mm-hmm. which is backwards, right? And so mm-hmm. it's, when I say remodel, it starts with, with understanding what is your vision for this? How do you want your life to be? How do you want it to feel? How do you want your days to feel? And in order to feel the way you want to feel, what does that mean in terms of where your client-facing hours are and you know what you're doing in the other hours? You have mm-hmm. to build in the other hours for the other things. So one of the things that's kind of shocking to busy and booked practitioners that I tell them is really like maximum 50% of your work hours, maximum 50% of your work hours is client facing. I so agree. So agree. The more advanced your business is, you know, you were talking about a dance studio. It's like, if you run a studio with multiple, you know, people working underneath you, then your client facing hours are fewer and fewer and fewer, if any. I mean, if you want to keep your foot in there, great. But, you know, so for solo practitioners, 50% maximum, that means 50% of your work time is uh, marketing, sales, financial management, planning, vision, right? Strategic planning, all this, like you have to build that time in. So that's even just a first step. And it starts not with what should I be doing? It starts with what do I want? Like, how do I want my days to feel? How do I want my mornings to feel? What will make me, what will nourish me? And maybe it means that you only have a four day work week instead of five or six, which you're squeezing in because you think that's what you have to do to Mm -hmm. make a living. And -hmm. so there's other pieces of that as well, which is, you know, your pricing and how you package your services has to support all these structures that I'm talking about. Like, so if your client facing hours are more limited than they are currently, it means how do we still make the salary you need and pay for the business expenses in those hours, that's going to be an adjustment in pricing and packaging. And that's where the long-term clients part comes in is how do we get long-term clients? Well, it's, we deliver them the services that they actually need, which is never or almost never. I have never asked a wellness practitioner, like, who's your ideal client? What do they come with? Okay. So what do they need to solve that problem or treat the root cause? never is the answer. Oh, just a session. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. What I saw there, the difference between session and program. And that was a light bulb moment for me too. Like, okay. And you're talking a session, like a one time session or, or even a pack of sessions. So just Mm -hmm. to like clarify, so you've read this, but for anybody listening, I mean, to me, this is like one of the most revolutionary things you can do for your business because it's not only better for your business. I mean, first and foremost, we're talking about like serving your clients so much more powerfully and deeply, which is going to make you happier, right? You're like Mm -hmm. actually making real connections and helping your clients get real results, like all of them, not just some of them, Mm -hmm. right? All of them. 
And of course, it's going to increase your referrals. I mean, increase your level of fulfillment, everything. It's just good all around. But so what we're talking about is not sessions or even a pack of sessions, which is just arbitrary. When we sell a pack of sessions, it's like, oh, you get 10 sessions and you get a discount or something. Like Mm -hmm, that's how mm -hmm. it's phrased. They can still kind of use it whenever we want. So a programmatic approach, how it's different is you are actually designing a process, a container, a journey that your client needs in order to achieve the results thereafter, in order to to get what they actually need. So that's never going to be an arbitrary pack of 10 sessions. It's going to look something like three months of coming in once a week, and here is the process I'm going to lead you through over that that course of time. The -hmm. first phase is this. First, we're going to assess and address the root cause or assess and lay out the plan. What is the plan of action, right? And then we move for this phase and this phase and this phase. So it's like a thought through journey for them. It's if for anybody who's listening, who is maybe more wellness oriented, we could think of it as a treatment plan. And what I find is that a lot of practitioners have this idea in their head. They're not explaining it to the client and Mm -hmm. it's, they're not using it to actually design a program. They're just thinking in their head, like, okay, well, the first session I'm going to do this. And then they're hoping the person rebooks. They try to have this rebooking conversation at the end of the session. And they know in the practitioner knows in their head, like the next session I'll get to to do this, but it's never laid out. And that's what we want to do is like, get mm-hmm. that out of your intuitive mind and put it on paper mm-hmm. and programatize your services. And that is the way that you get clients who are fully enrolled in mm-hmm. what they actually need to get the results they want. And that's, that's the magic, right? That's where when mm-hmm. you have clients who fully understand what they're doing and step into that container and say, yes, I want to do this and go on this journey then you're in it together. And then, like I said, there's just business. The business side of it makes it so much easier. You've got somebody enrolled for three months. It's not this session by session thing where you can have a good month and a bad month. It's like you're getting sustainable, clear, predictable income. Absolutely. And as, as a marketing expert, it just makes things not so frantic. Like I just, I, I breathe a bit, like I breathe like, okay. And, and that truly is because I work with a lot of health and wellness people in healthy in the Valley that I do. And they don't say it, like you said, they are not communicating the program clearly of what is happening. And when you walk in my doors, this is how we start. And then we lay it out and figure out what you need. We're going to customize it to you, but you should plan. It takes this long. And this is how the commitment. And if I know that upfront, then I'm, then I'm going to come into it expecting that. But so many of them are not communicating that. And that is so frustrating. I want it because then people are hesitant to walk in the door. Yeah. As a client, I've experienced it so many times. Mm -hmm. I'm frustrated as a client because I'm going to a practitioner wanting to know that they're actually making a plan for me. Like they're Mm -hmm. on my team. I want to commit to whatever it's going to take to, you know, experience what I want to experience or achieve the results I'm after or get rid of the problem I have. So on the client side of things, it, it is so positive for them as well. And then Melissa, just to share, like I take it a step further and it's not just explaining the plan. It's actually enrolling them in that. So Mm -hmm. I, as a client am saying, yes, 
for example, I decided to start taking singing lessons. So Yay! it's not wellness, but I just signed up with a woman. And so she has a program. I just signed up for a six month program. Right. And so I made that full commitment and it wasn't just like, I can drop out anytime. No, she set me up on a payment plan. Like it's automatically deducted from my, my, you know, credit card every month. Like that's how it is. I'm committing to the whole thing. And so that's what I teach wellness practitioners to do exactly like that. So it's mm-hmm. not just we're talking about it. It's actually a full process that you build in your business. So it's all set. You, you get to get rid of all these, um, what do they call rebooking, the rebooking conversations, right? Mm-hmm. It's not, you get to get rid of like this idea that you have to like wow them in each session, hoping they'll come back, right? Mm. You're on this path. You're on this journey together. And mm-hmm. all the struggles that can come with that, you're in that together. Like they're aware of that. You can talk about that, right? But we know we're on this long-term path together. So people get through the struggle. They don't just mm-hmm. drop off, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm just even thinking that for my studio, we do six-week sessions for our seven and under. Uh, families love that because they don't have to commit for a full year, um, but that poses poses financial, you know, ups and downs in our program too. And trying to think of it as a program and part of it is time availability. When's the studio available? How much, you know, do we have the space to add in? But it gave me cause to pause. Um, Cause for our eight and older, we do have a, a program that they advance to and, and where we're going. And so, yeah. And I love that with your singing lessons, like this, this applies to all business. Like when you're providing a service like this, like what is, what is the structure? How long can we commit? Like even even our lawyers, they tell you, this is the process. This is how long it's going to take usually. And this is how the retainer is and all that stuff. So making sure we do that. And then that just creates so much time freedom also, because all of this can be automated. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) That's exactly right. And then the more clear you are on, you know, who your ideal clients are, your programs, even if there's customization built into them are essentially one container. So it's like, it's one container. So when we talk about automating and streamlining your services, you know, you can even have, for example, an onboarding sequence. That's the same for everybody. You know what I mean? Because they're still all, let's say that, you know, your initial program with people, I mentioned three months before. So let's just say three months, you know, you can have an onboarding boarding sequence that's three months long and that'll that matches everyone regardless of what their individualized kind of portion part of part of the program is you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean it just you can serve people so much better this way so you you work with health and wellness what is your favorite I wouldn't say I have a favorite I definitely work with a lot of body workers and essentially people who I, I work with people who are multimodal so they use all different modalities and often don't know how to even market themselves or build themselves when they have different modalities you know mm. um, I work with a lot of trauma practitioners so I would just say it's people very much like movement movement um, folks it's people who are doing healing work through nervous system, either regulation or, or movement and, and body to, you know, show up and be attracted to me. As we were talking this, I mean, it just makes your marketing dollars go further too. Can you just uh, talk a little bit more about that? Like how you get more, more clients than without marketing more. And that's really hard for me to hear as a marketing person, but that's okay. I'll get over it. (laughs) No, it's great because it's not that you don't need marketing. You know that, right? So how I think about it is like the work you're doing, Melissa, is so important, right? You're getting people visibility and hopefully capturing leads, mm-hmm. right? And so I think a lot of uh, business owners in general, but wellness practitioners who we're talking about think, 
I just need more leads. Like they want to be making more money or they want to be more, you know, more full. And they think I just need more leads. And so the marketing is going to get them leads, but it's what, what do you do now with those leads? Mm -hmm. And so I'm sure that you've run into this is that Mm -hmm. people who don't know how to convert their leads into clients, more leads doesn't matter. You're like, it's like the leaky bucket, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, you're doing all you're spending time and money and energy on getting the leads and then you lose a lot of them or you're not converting them into anything more than, let's say, a session, right? Mm-hmm. They come once. And so if we fix that, there's two set, two pieces to that. One is what is your sales process? That is what I think like so many people are missing is what is the process that you have in your business that effectively and successfully converts your leads into clients effectively successfully and I should say predictably like we want to know what your sales system is and we want to know the percentage of conversion and one of the things that I love more so I work half of my clients are brick and mortar and half are online and I'm sure that you've run into this where tons of brick and mortar folks like people are telling them they should go on go online right I like I'm doing air quotes (laughs) like this whole thing you need to go online and there's some idea that if they go online they have such a wider market like there's more people and I'm always trying to tell 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 my I tell my brick and mortar people I'm like you have a huge advantage when it comes to marketing just with like Google and Mm -hmm. searching right just a huge advantage there so brick and mortar businesses the sales process I teach anyway and help people build into their business for brick and mortar businesses is like an 80% conversion I mean you will never get anything like that in an online business I mean at all never (laughs) and So, um, so, but you need that process in place and lot, I mean, I'd say like 99% of, you know, wellness practitioners do not have that. What they hope is that, oh, the lead then will just like what you drive it to them to the website and you're trying to use an online marketing tactic, which is trying to get them to buy a session off the website or sign up for a program off the website. That is just not going to be effective. And so I teach a consultative sales process where you're establishing an actual relationship with somebody that is what converts. So I have a whole process to that. And then what are you selling them in that sales process is a program rather than a session. So like just to kind of highlight, um, you know, where no, you don't need, you don't need more. Like I've had people who come to me and just off straight organic marketing doing nothing in particular. They're not, they're not working with someone like you, right? Like they've got, and they think they have no leads. It's like five leads a month. Like that's nothing, right? I mean, it doesn't seem like much, Mm -hmm. but if you have a sales process that converts 80%, you're getting three to four new clients a month off that. Yeah. Now, if you're just selling sessions, all that is is three or four sessions, right? And maybe you're able to, you know, try and wow somebody in a session and hope they book again, Versus if you're enrolling clients in a program, you now have months of work ahead of you, right? And the income that comes with that. So those are the pieces where it's like, yes, you need marketing, but you don't need more marketing. You need effective conversion processes and effective programs that are going to serve clients. Amen to all of that so much. And I, I couldn't agree more because with our brick and mortar, uh, we have like a 98% conversion. Like it's crazy. Like when people come in, they're, co- they're coming yeah. in, they're going to take a class, right? It's the retaining, retention. Okay. So that is our, you know, because we offer a shorter session that gives people a little out, but, but they may take two sessions off and then come back later, you know? So paying attention to those numbers, we all need to pay attention to what's working uh, or what, what we're doing so that we know what's working. Everybody thinks more leads, more leads, more leads. But if you're not converting them or not keeping them, 
Leaky bucket. Exactly. Yeah. It's just, you're just, the, the tub's empty and you're just pouring water in the tub. And yeah, it's just pouring going... water in, right. Pouring water in and spending, yeah, good yeah, money and time exactly, doing it. Exactly, exactly. So I love that. Such great foundational things that we all need to be reminded of and kind of just take a look at. And I also loved what you put in one of your blog posts about 50% client-facing max. We don't think, especially newer in business, we don't realize how much back office stuff needs to happen. And I've been in business 15 years and it still surprises me how much time it takes. And I have people that help me. Like I have, I have some great things going on, but it just the taking the time for thinking about your business and, and where do you want to go and how are you going to get there and the steps to get it? It's legit. And that's the most important part. If you own the business, you're the leader of the business. And that part, the visioning and strategy and how am I carrying this forward is so important. I think that gets squeezed out of the way because we're we're not building in the time for it. And the time we do have is spent, you know, with all these other pieces. It's like mm-hmm. you have to really understand how to use your time more yeah. wisely. And that involves you deciding this yes. is what this is when I'm doing this. This is when I'm doing this. This is when I'm doing this. Yeah. And sticking to those boundaries. And that's, it's not a bad word. Boundaries are not a bad word. They're so freeing and um, allow you to do great things. Making that a priority because you are the leader and you need to take care of yourself physically, mentally, and emotionally that way. So very good stuff, Joanna. Thank you so much. Where can people find you? My website, joannasapir.com. You'll probably have a link to that. We do have a free masterclass to offer those of you listening. It goes really in depth, actually, on everything I've talked about, the pricing and packaging, the sales process, all of that. I break down what my uh, framework is for all of that. And so that masterclass, it's called the Client Champion Formula Masterclass, and it's available for you all at uh, joannasapir.com slash visibility. So that's one thing. And then I also have a podcast since we're on a podcast. Yay. What is it? called The Business Revolution for Practitioners. Great. So we'll link that up too. Our podcast listeners like to listen to others. So that's great. Thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you, Joanna, so much for sharing your time and your wisdom. I know I grabbed some notes that gave me cause to pause. I appreciate that. It's always good to learn from others. Wonderful. Well, everybody, um, please click the links below. We'll have everything linked up in the show notes. And Joanna, you have a great day. And everybody else, we will see you here, same time, same place next week. Peace. Bye-bye. Oh my goodness, you are still here. You are so awesome. So here's what you're going to do. Number one, you're going to click that follow button so that you can get the latest episode of Brick and Mortar Visibility every week. Second, leave an honest rating on Apple iTunes. This is how more people can know about Brick and Mortar Visibility. And number three, come on over to Facebook into the Rebel Women Tribe. The link is in the bio. This is where I hang out and share with you every week the nitty gritty of running a studio business. I share with you the tips, tools, and strategies that are working right now in my business to help you in yours. It's real, it's raw, it's unfiltered, and it's fun. So come on over. I'd love to meet you.